I think I've I, okay. So I've had "Afraid of the Dark" that song, in a in a sweet in a really sweet way. I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, "I don't even know what that song's about, and I have no experience like that." But it made me want to hug my husband, <laughs> and like you know, <laughs> I'm like. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of Almost Cool. This Hello, is this, everybody. <laughs> this week, I'm Martin, that's Jordan over there. This week is another special week for us. We have a very special person in the studio with us today. Her name is Abby Hamilton. Hello. Hello, how are there you doing is. today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, are I'm excited. Yeah, we're both like so eager to talk to you. We're gonna gonna fight over this, Jordan. That's good. That's good because I'm nervous. So, so that makes me feel better. Oh well, there's there's nothing to be nervous about. As I'm saying that, shaking my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but it's gonna be another great week. Um, This week we have part two of our music therapy episode. And we wanted to offer, you know, the listeners and ourselves another perspective on uh, someone who's really into playing music and who does it for their day job and what that looks like in your daily life and what it means for you. Um, and I guess just to kick it off, it, like, when did you start music? When did you when did you start playing? Um, I I come from a really musical family, so I always kind of you know, I was, grew up surrounded by music. My dad plays piano and my mom sings. Um, but it was never really something that I thought I was going to do with my life. I was just like, you know, singing church and like, (laughs) we had a rule. Yeah. We had a rule in our house where like, until we were 18, we had to be in a music lesson and then we could like shift gears if we wanted to. And I found out really on early on, that if I did voice lessons, I didn't have to practice that much. So I like did piano, did violin, <laughs> and I was like, I can't, you know, because in violin you get to this point where you're like having to practice like an hour to two hours a day consistently, mm-hmm. and I yeah. hated it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I didn't really start trying to do music until I got into songwriting, which wasn't until college. Um, I. Uh, went through as you do I went through a bad breakup and would just like <laughs> do it. you know that'll <laughs> do, it. do it I was just you know all of like my 17 year old angst like <laughs> I would go to uh in college we had practice rooms you could just go in and study and play piano so I would go in there and start to play a little bit and started writing and so yeah, and middle of college. Kicked off from there. Were you forced to do it as a kid? Like because your parents were into it? Like was the first step them making you do it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like not okay. not very like not not mean. Not like aggressively. Yeah, not not aggressively. <laughs> not gun to just... your head. You are gonna love this <laughs> yeah. piano. Yeah. When you come from like I think my dad just had this huge his his whole family played music. They're like southern gospel singers in eastern kentucky so it was like this dream of his to just like have the von trapp family like singers and do all that stuff which is really funny because we all hated it growing up and now we all actually do it as a career (laughs) (laughs) oh now it's like a family legacy it really is like you and yeah jordan you said your dad uh you learned from the same teacher your dad did right yeah (laughs) yeah my dad he plays drums uh and 
watching him play growing up, I was like, I want to do that, Dad. And so, <laughs> like I was saying last episode, that uh, the same guy who taught my dad how to play drums still lived like across the street from my grandparents. And so when I basically lived at my grandparents on the weekends and over the summers, uh, my first few months of learning how to play, he was my teacher, which was really cool. That's awesome. Oh, God, we got a room full of church kids here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with it. It no, teaches I, you how to, what a good how crash to play course. in front of people. Yeah, yeah for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I mean, so it sounds like you're a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to, oh, uh, you yeah. know, like kids that are playing. I played music since I was a little kid, but I like you, I, I don't think I really got into it until high school and college. Yeah. And I, I mean, do you think that... If you started at a younger age, do you think you would have been as good or like you think you'll be even better now or with the timing that you started it, it was all worth it? And I don't that's I do. I think about that a lot just because I feel like in most aspects of my life, I am a little late bloomer, which I think it's helpful in some ways for I feel like uh, my maturity as a person mm -hmm. like it. I feel like if I would have found out that songwriting and music could be a career and you could make money at a very young age. I just don't know what kind of art I would have made. <laughs> like, I feel like it would have been very embarrassing. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad for the timing, I think, cause it gives me a lot more, I think, to look forward to now. The idea of potentially having a successful career in my early 30s sounds awesome. Like, yeah, absolutely. Whereas, <laughs> but, but now, you know, coming out of college, you're like looking, when you look to your left and your right at your other friends in corporate careers, they're like in stage four, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. still here at 25, like building the house, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So it's we, a little... Uh... <laughs> A little dismantling Sorry. sometimes. <laughs> Martin and I talk about that so much about just not really knowing who you are yet as a person and not knowing how to like kind of what you and I were talking about right before we started recording uh, was that, oh, you're moving to St. Louis. What do you want to do? I'm just like, I literally have zero yeah. idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to figure it out when we get there. Uh, and then seeing your friends that you came up with seem like they're so much farther ahead of you but at that point you get to a point at somewhere along the line that it's not so much that they're so much farther ahead of you they just know what they're right. doing yeah and what's funny too is like I don't think I paid any attention to that until I felt like I was starting to gain some success mm -hmm. was the first time that I was like looking at what other people were doing too like in the early yeah. stages in that like naive kind of blinders head down you know play all the the bar gigs like make the record in my room like at right. that time i mean i feel like i just didn't give a shit about what anybody else was doing which i think made it sweeter but i feel like you know like as i started to kind of gain more success in my eyes i started getting a little more insecure and yeah. I feel like that's just yeah. kind of what happens when it's that exposed, you know? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel, well, I mean, I, I like that you took the initiative when you started playing music and started getting really serious about it. It was so super personal to you. It was mm -hmm. something you did on your own time. And like, I mean, I guess the love for it probably grew through just you being alone in your room, starting totally. at stage one. And then, yeah. I mean, because I, I know tons of people 
who start a project and their minds on the money and it doesn't, you know, they don't have the maturity. They don't have the passion to actually do this as something they want to do every day and they don't get the logistics behind it. Or they think about all this stuff like making money, doing concerts and that kind of thing. And they don't really focus on the root of it, which is playing music and like creating the, you know, it's a creative field. It takes patience. It takes really hard work to do that. And (laughs) you don't want to cut corners and you don't want to, because you know, if you're getting to that point where you're thinking about money, you're just trying to produce a product that you think people will like. And it's not true to you. It's not true to, you know, the people listening. I I mean, it's not that they can't connect to it and like it, but I, I, you know, not to hate on pop music, but I feel like that's a very big motivation for people in pop music is they're making a product that they're going to sell to people and they don't give a shit where it comes from or, you know, the, the feelings behind it may be there, but it's not, I don't You can't feel it. It's like not very genuine, you know? Yeah. Totally. You know, so I think, I mean, that's, I do the same. I mean, I, I don't play music for, you know, a career. I don't want, I don't have no desire to, make it uh my day job that would be awesome i just don't i don't think i'm good enough to do that quite yet but um but yeah i mean like practicing on my own time and doing it on my own time my love and my passion for it has grown immensely and like i said in the previous one i was gonna i'm gonna play music till i die whether or not it's this you know thing i can make money on and it sounds like that would be the same case for you too it sounds like doesn't matter if the money comes in or not you're it's always gonna be a huge part of your life totally That's, yeah, it's the songwriting. That's the thing. Like, when I start to get so, like, um, I mean, I, I've, uh, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty shy person, so I don't think I, I had a friend in college that, like, literally booked me gigs at Owl's and just told me. She was like, hey, I booked <laughs> these three shows for you. I had four songs. I'd written four songs. <laughs> And if she wouldn't, and I, you know, I just was like, oh God, okay. And like did it. And if she hadn't have done that, I don't think I would have ever probably, I mean, I don't know, but probably wouldn't have initiated it by myself to do that. (laughs) And when I start to get very stressed out and overwhelmed about the business side and the ego and the dream, you know, like everything you have to do to push this thing. um, I I try to go back to that moment of being like, I love to write songs. That's it. I love to write songs. And if if uh people like it, that's amazing, but I'm going to do it regardless, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely. the that's the part of it that keeps it pure, I think. Sometimes um, you have to get just thrown into the fire by an outside oh, <laughs> force, and you know. And I love her. I actually was just in her little wedding like two weeks ago and her little wedding, is her <laughs> little had to, wedding. I had to say that because of COVID it was a little um, but she uh I told her that I was like dude I I don't think I would actually have this career at all right now if you hadn't done that for me <laughs> and a lot of people have done that for me that's great way. yeah that's I mean the love and support from <laughs> even a friend that just saw it in your bedroom. I mean, that just, I mean, that speaks volume to what that person saw in you. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Cause having an outside force always encourages you to push. I mean, like, but there's a lot of people out there that don't have that outside factor yeah. and not to, not to belittle my family or the love and support that they have or anything like that. But we were just saying about the podcast, whenever I tell my parents about it or my brother and sister, they don't, I don't think they can grasp the, 
the magnitude or you know how sure. how unique this is to me how how it makes me feel so whenever they're they call me on my daily they're like how's that little podcast doing you know, <laughs> you, know you having fun and i'm like oh, yeah it's, it's really good it's really fun but they you know it's it's so fun to have someone that recognizes yeah. what you're about to you know go and do and she obviously saw it past the point that you did and was like this could be big you need to do it yeah. and you know, it could be a thing. It gets, you know, I feel like the first time you perform in live, you get you're nervous, and then you there's a feeling that you oh. get afterwards once those nerves calm down a little bit. I mean, what like what feeling do you get when uh, you you know you go perform a show? You know, is it is it is it type of euphoria? I mean, can you get through the nerves? Um, I used to be, I used to get really, really nervous and really anxious, and you know, would like have to like do breathing exercise before I got on stage. Cause I just, it's that thing where you're like, hands are like shaking. You're like, I can't, yeah. play, I can't even play the chords if I have to play the chords. Um, <laughs> but as time has gone on and I think as I've, the more I've played and the older I've gotten, the more into the experience of a live show, I have fallen in love with like crafting an experience and like trying to, trying to facilitate an environment for people to feel like they can be themselves or forget about something. And, you know, that's a very cliche thing, but like most artists that I'm obsessed with make me feel a way that I want to feel, whether that's happy or sad or I don't know. Um, So as that started to develop, I think I got way less anxious and more kind of like that becoming my job Mm -hmm. is like, how I am and how I interact with an audience is just as much of a a piece of this puzzle as my songs are, you know? So now I'm way less nervous. Um, I get very hype, very filled up and I've, I've stopped drinking before shows and smoking before shows because, (laughs) you know, you would do that kind of like uppers and downers and uppers and downers thing, Mm -hmm. like in a very mild, not not (laughs) in a hardcore way. Then you get off stage and you're just like, you're fucking, you're so high. You're like, this was, this was amazing. And throughout the night, then you start to calm down a Mm -hmm. little bit and you're trying to regulate that. So I've, uh, I've really stopped trying to do that. Like trying to make it way more of a raw like experience for myself, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It totally does. Um, 100% agree. (laughs) And, and it's made me a better performer in every aspect. Like, I think way more on the ball and attentive and a better singer when I'm not just like nervously puffing eight cigarettes before I walk on stage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> having to like cough up a lung in the third song. And oh yeah. Song. I know that. Oh, too well. Oh, too That's well. That's my favorite part of the bridge though. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they got a new bass track. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that's that's great. Oh, uh, I mean, the, the I mean, you're talking a lot about these feelings that you want to portray in through your music to the audience and to the people that are watching. And Trudy, I mean, do you want those feelings, you know, to go through you so you can, you know, translate those to people that are listening? Um, when it comes to your songwriting, um, you mentioned that's like one of your favorite parts is just sitting down writing. I mean, do you, does it take patience to do that? Or, you know, can you write a song in 10 minutes? Is that how, like, what's your process for that? Um, 
Good question. <laughs> it's it's uh it's not consistent at all. I'm definitely not somebody that you could be like, hey, Abby, go write a pop song about this. I would probably have like an existential crisis about it. It'd take me. <laughs> um, but I do I do feel like. Uh, what is consistent is I like just love to chase a feeling or if I have one line that pops out of, you know, nowhere to start with a verse or a chorus, um, I will spend a good couple hours, two or three times a week working on um, building those songs. And then I have a family. My family has a farm in eastern Kentucky that's got a house on it that I lived I lived in right after college um, for about a year and a half to basically, it sounds so dramatic, but it's not, but (laughs) (laughs) it kind of is. I went up there for the year just to like do the whole, I'm going to be a songwriter in isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it worked. So like now uh, when I really like need to write a few songs or I just get that itch to like, crank something out or work on a project or a theme i go up there for like a couple weeks that's all that's you take awesome. like the bon Iver route you know yeah i, think I was like, just yeah, about like... to say i think that's the bon Iver thing like, <laughs> but i swear to god there's like uh the hurdles that my mind has when i'm at home i live with roommates so yeah they're they're amazing they're all both of them are artists and it's a very creative house but you know like sometimes you gotta be by yourself to yeah. Let those things flow out and uh, be honest with myself. So I try to go away for a while. I completely agree. I had a conversation with someone uh, through the podcast Instagram the other night. So shout out you guys <laughs> for listening. But they were, they posted something talking about how we don't, as people, really take the time to delve deep into our own psyche, really. And we just kind of fill everything with white noise to kind of distract us and go on autopilot and get through the day. And that really resonated with me. And I think you going off to seclude yourself to write songs, it just made it pop in my head that we do all these things like crank up, you know, a funky, funky tune or put on Netflix, you know, uh, hop on the phone for hours and hours just to kind of avoid what we're really mm-hmm. feeling and what we're really thinking about. Totally. <laughs> and honestly, I think it is a very, it takes a lot of courage to actually face yourself in the mirror and just kind of <laughs> like, yeah. okay, bud, what's it's wrong with you? <laughs> like we, <laughs> yes, yes. What you know you're what describing I mean? is exactly what that year was. Like it was, it was, it was gross in the sense of like, when you're by yourself and looking for things to write songs about, I mean, I'm yeah. just like digging deep into past stuff. And you're like, once you're two to three years out of whatever that subject is that I'm writing about, I'm like, holy shit, I I was not right the way that I treated this person. Or yep. I, you know, it's like <laughs> a couple years of perspective later. And I'm like... <laughs> So instead of me getting to write this song about how you hurt me, I'm now having to write a song about how I hurt you. And I didn't realize Man. that. You got to so. like turn the gun the other way. And yeah. She- yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Exactly. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're like... Oh, yeah. It's just all my personalities right there. Like, oh, my God. 
man. I do oh. want to ask about uh about your songwriting. Um is it easier and quicker to write a song or and even not that a quicker song is a worse song by any means, right? But if you're really enveloped in this certain feeling, like you said a couple minutes ago about you didn't really start songwriting until you had like <laughs> the quintessential <laughs> breakup in college. Yeah. And that was like the match that started everything. Being in that mindset, was it easier to kind of get the words that you wanted to say down on paper and all these because i love that song that you have out. i think it's flowers i adore that song oh, i thanks. listened to it i think 10 times today it's <laughs> absolutely <you>. beautiful <laughs> and it really resonated with me because i'm it made me think about my own past relationships and things that you know went sour or things that i did to make the situation sour um but while you're writing your songs do you find that it's way easier once you're in that mindset already? Like, I have to get these words out as opposed to, okay, I want to write a song about this. Let me find these feelings that I have yeah. to get to that place. Like, are you saying it's, uh, is it easier to write in response, like, immediately if that's how I'm feeling or to go back and find find that? That's one way, I guess. Um, I'd say, yeah, mostly that's what I mean. Um but I'm thinking, so let's say I want to write a song about, I don't know, a breakup, right? And I haven't been, I haven't been in a relationship mm -hmm. for a number of years. Yeah. And now I have to kind of go search for those feelings and maybe write about things I don't really know, but I think people deal with during sure. this. Sure. Like, do you kind of have to fabricate things that, yeah, like, fabricate I fabricate thoughts saying. and situations? So I, uh, I consider myself very, very, very good at people watching. It's like mm -hmm. observing uh, people's behavior and response. And like, I think that that's um, really what has helped me the most in just the venture of songwriting, because most of the time when I'm writing a song, there's probably about 20% of me and my story in it. Like, mm -hmm. except for maybe Afraid of the Dark was probably the only one that was like, autobiographical yeah um so i find it a lot easier if i can like turn it into a narrative about somebody else like um i feel like i can really get into the uh emotions and the feelings and all that stuff if i picture it like a character or like a movie that i'm watching i'm like right. so we have i'm recording an album right now and there's a song on there called lucky and I was actually up at the the farm when I was writing that song. And the line I had was, uh, she sings her songs in airport bars to old men shooting Irish car bombs. Yeah. And I, I had written that and I was like, I can see, I can like literally see the, I can see what's happening. Right. So yeah. then, then I like really kind of did, which I feel like you might do this for like a a movie or for like some kind of animated series or something. I like literally did a character analysis. Like I built this character and I was like, what does she want? Who is she? What's she doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and so once I kind of got that down, it like, uh, helped me write the song. Cause I found out that her motivation was just like, she just wanted to get lucky and she just like was doing everything she could to like throw something at the wall. So there's like a verse about, um, you know, in the literal sense, she goes, uh, to the gas station with her tips and she gets 
the Powerball card and she like, you know, all that stuff, scratch offs. And then in the more like real relational sense, she dates a lot of people, but she never puts her heart into it because she's like, "Eh, I'll probably get hurt, you know? Right. But she's just trying to get lucky, you know? So (laughs) I think that is not my story really at all, but kind of like there's a part of me that's like, I'm trying to get lucky in this dream, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So... The record that I am making right now, I wrote a lot of it completely detached from those feelings. There were a lot right. of, there's a lot of breakup songs on the album. I haven't bro- been broken up with or broken up with anyone in like three years. So yeah, right? <laughs> I, had to, like, I had to really kind of dig deep in my experiences. I went back through journals and um, talked to a lot of friends that were in that and just hmm. collected those uh things that i was observing about their process because it had been so far away for me so right but i think that's the power of songwriting if you can convince people that you feel that way then you've done a good job yeah yeah that's that's totally i mean that's uh, you're presenting a feeling uh you know through your music that you personally feel but it's exaggerated or it's dramatized through the story and that's what being creative is all about you know you don't have to present this piece that's super literal that's like 100% you and it's you know it's it's to give you also I mean it's it's great for people if if they connect with you personally through that like you know I'm sure your fans you know when they hear your music that they're like these are Abby's words especially people that know you really well they know that it's you but you are presenting a piece of creative material that you know you're trying to hit more than just you you know like you're presenting this it's not it's i don't want to say it's a product but i you know i don't i like to view it as that it's you know when you're presenting it to people you want them to like like it you know you don't you don't want to put out something that is just off the wall like 100 percent you vulnerable and then it just like no one really connects with it and and that's more of like the ego thing i know like people make songs i do this all the time too where i write music that i'm not going to share with anybody no matter how Mm -hmm. good or bad it is but uh, when i'm songwriting it's so literal it's like i'm such an analytical thinker Mm. that i'm going through okay i have this feeling okay i'm sad okay now what's the next step okay now (laughs) now write a lot like a a sad line okay i cried on monday okay all right cool now move on and it's this i cried on monday It's the it's just this process where it it, it it's I not it doesn't just already yeah it's, it's, it just doesn't like flow out it just, it has to be really thought through which is why I, see, I don't yeah. pride myself on songwriting I I think my the way I gear music and the way I play I play very funky upbeat music because James Brown and um, artists you know it's like that are they're my they're my inspirations yeah. and they just go. Rah! Oh baby, you know it's it's a thing where you can just those like filler words, yeah, exactly, yeah. like very jazzy. You can fill them with anything. You don't really need yeah. to make sense or, but like it's it's because I have such a stronghold on the insp- instrumentation of it. You know, I'm, sure. I'm more of like, okay, I'm going to present the music, not necessarily my voice or any, sure. you know something like that. Um, yeah. It's just a different approach, like yeah. I, which and it's that's what I've realized more about myself too. Is like I. The, my songwriting has changed so much because I went into this world and I, after the Afraid of the Dark EP came out, I was like, okay, I want to make the biggest sounding album I can make. Okay, who does that? I'm like, The Killers, Kings of Leon. Like, there's just these yeah. massive rock albums, right? And that changed my songwriting a lot. Like, it went way more into that vague, conceptual, anthemic, like, you listen to a David Bowie song and like his choruses are the same. David Bowie and Tom Petty. It's like 
I need to know. He says that four times. That's the chorus, <laughs> right? You know, so like, I don't know. I feel like I've, uh, my songwriting has changed a lot because of those influences coming in too. So I understand that process. <laughs> Killers, yeah. I mean, that's Mr. Brightside will never die. That's <laughs> It will never die. It will never die. Side note, I heard Mr. Brightside in like the grocery store the other day. I'm like, when did this become grocery store music? Like <laughs> with Colby Calais. <laughs> trying to get strawberries, y'all. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're playing that now. That's what I call music 24, you know, 25, oh whatever. Gosh. Whatever number they're on now it has to be like a thousand. <laughs> oh, that's that's so good. Oh, that's man. I mean, with the with the instrumentation, um, like listening to your music, you're definitely more folky, uh, country style and and that family of music. Um, and I really, really, really like uh, listening to your music because you're using real instruments. You're using um, something that you can just like anyone can pick up and play your song. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to have all these elaborate electronic parts, which are also awesome if you're, yeah. you know, if you're utilizing correctly. Yeah. But the way your your songwriting, I mean. It, Using real instruments in an acoustic sense and that kind of thing, it, it makes me feel, listening to your music, a certain way that whenever you wrote it, I feel like you are trying to betray that. Oh, and thanks. So it, I, I love that feeling of like, oh, I, I'm feeling what this right, you know, this artist is feeling. I'm, yeah. I'm, but have you had the, the, you know, the bounce back or like the feedback where someone tells you, like, if you wrote a really sad song and someone goes, oh, I love that. It's like one of my favorite songs, but it feels so good. And you're, and you just are like, what? That's not at all what it says. You know, it's it's those kind of moments. Yeah, totally. I, um, I think I've, okay. So I've had Afraid of the Dark, that song in a, in a sweet, in a really sweet way. I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, I don't even know what that song's about, and I have no experience like that, but it made me want to hug my husband. <laughs> and, like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I totally, I like, I loved it. I love hearing that stuff, but I'm also like, I just poured my heart out, and you didn't understand what it meant. Like, you know, it's like yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, which now, now I just am like so grateful for it because people really don't have that experience in their life. And uh, if it makes them want to hug somebody, I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. I think um, with that, like, on that note of like, oh, it made me feel so good. I think that we kind of literally take the word good as like, oh, I feel so happy. I feel so grand. I feel like this. But sometimes I'll hear a song that is absolutely down in the dumps, right? (laughs) Like the guy who wrote it is going through so much. And then I can kind of relate to what he's going through. And my good feeling comes from me being able to relate. And it's like, oh, Oh, good. Like I'm not by myself in this way of thinking or this general way of thinking at all. Someone else has already put this into words for me, and I can really yeah. connect to it. And that's like the sense of good that I kind of think of when people say this song <laughs> about everyone you love walking out on you is the best song in the world. Like, <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. I well, and it's I'm like I'm such an emo kid at heart too. It's like I love sad songs. I love them. <laughs> And I think that's why I got into country music, too, because it's so fucking sad. Like, everything. Like, Towns Van Zandt and Chris Christopherson and Loretta, even, too. Like, so I'm... I'm trying to release some of my expectation for response, for sure. (laughs) Like, you can interpret that how you must. 
love it. Just let, yeah, just let, like, give them the control. Just. I mean, you have to. It's like, I listen to so many songs there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally know what that means or what that's about. And then I listen to it for, the, like, the fifth time, and I'm like, huh. Oh. Wait a minute. Yeah, that changed. I was completely wrong. Like, completely way off base. Oh, that's, that's too good. Um, my biggest thing, I love, like, being wrong about what i think a song means like i'll listen to yeah. it and i'm like okay cool i get the vibe i get the vibe then i read the lyrics like as yeah. they're written down i'm like oh boy like born I was... in the usa bruce springsteen yeah i am like completely out of left field die hard bruce springsteen fan always have always i have the bruce butt hanging above my bed <laughs> and i have sung the words to born in the usa like for forever and right. uh I heard another artist, Ian No, cover it and just that like minor folk thing and heard the words to Born in the USA. And I was like, what the f? I'm not like 19 <laughs> now just figuring out what this song is about. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I mean, it takes, you know, it's like watching a movie three times, like Inception. Yeah. I don't think I understood that movie until yeah. watching it three times through or something like that. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. quick. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, man. That's. Yeah, I mean, I, there's so many feelings involved, um, you know, on both sides of, you know, the audience and the one presenting and, you know, the the, per- the person that's performing um with the music oh my god i'm blanking again i you know we do this every episode i swear i'll have a question and then it just it just fucking leaves me i really need to be more prepared (laughs) listen i'm just i'm chilling but yeah i mean like with songwriting i i love uh your process and like i i to go back to the songwriting portion because i you know i I really want to talk about some of the anxieties and stuff that you that you feel like when you're um being so vulnerable through your music um with me i you know i went through a huge breakup and i would mention before that i i write i write songs if i'm going in with a certain emotion i'm going to write the direct opposite of what i'm writing so if i I went through a breakup but i wrote a love song that Mm -hmm. kind of deal um, just to kind of remind myself that I, you know, those feelings aren't gone. They're still existing. They're just on hold or, you know, you just need to like oh, okay. be patient, wait them out or something just to remind myself that they exist still. You yeah. know, I don't want to become yeah. a cold hearted, cynical person, <laughs> yeah. or a, a even more cold hearted, cynical person, you know, <laughs> because of that. Um, but when you're, yeah, like when you're, when you're writing music and you're, you, when you're, when you're stepping in, you're opening that door to vulnerability. And do you, do you, is there an anxiety that you you don't, you want to hold back on some of the emotions you're feeling? Cause you just, you're quite not there yet to present it to people or is, uh, is, you know, you just immediately have to get it down because mm-hmm. it's this, you know, you want to ride this feeling out. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, as this podcast is about songwriting is therapy to me in every way. So if the feeling is like coming, if, if I feel like anybody who writes songs and knows that it's not always just this like equation analytical thing where it's just like a plus b and equal this and then i'll have a great song it's not that way like you you, something there's something in the in the cosmos that's like dropping and anybody that does create creative things and art um inspiration i think when it comes it comes and you can't if you say no to that like you're like repressing something so i I feel like I've what I've what I have done well is uh let that process flow. So if I'm feeling something and I want to write about it, I'll write about it. Like I won't um gatekeep that. 
and no matter how ridiculous it is and no matter how ridiculous that emotion may be i have to get it out to just get it out of my system um but there are things when i'll finish a song and i'll be like oh i never want people to hear that just because it's a either too specific b it's bad c like (laughs) you know it's like that's that's something i don't really want to put into the world um Mm -hmm. that was just for me so yeah um yeah i think the biggest thing is just like for me is just not saying no to the inspiration when it flows or if i'm feeling anxious and stuck and trapped not um just keeping it there like yeah unlock unlocking that that floodgate letting it flow yeah just it's like the yes and thing like i just always if if something's coming i just have to say yes to it and build on it um which I f- is that's like a comedy thing, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And improv. I watched a. I watched an interview. I think with Tina Fey one time where she was talking <laughs> about. She like tried to do it with an interviewer, and the guy said, you know, no to her immediately, and she was like, uh, that's wrong. <laughs> like, I was like, that's so funny because that's kind of how songwriting works. Well, too, is you just have to keep building and building and building and building. Yeah, and like the longer you do it, the better you get at explaining what your you know your feelings or the way you want yeah. to portray them because. I mean that's the, that's the point we were talking about that the point of songwriters I'm too literal to to like I can't add fluff and I can't word things in a way <laughs> to where it's poetic and it's very, you know this beautiful piece of music um and but like songwriting for me is is not the out that's not the source outlet for me sure. it, it's it's sitting down at the piano for an hour you know playing chords that strike a certain feeling in my ears that make me like yeah. really appreciate what I'm doing um, and that's, that, you know, that's a form of an expression that I feel really comfortable with. Um, but you know, when, when you're songwriting, experimenting, I mean, how many instruments do you play? Now, you don't have to be proficient, but you know, uh, how many, I'm how like, many? well, uh, <laughs> she said all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, guitars, uh, acoustic guitar in the rhythmic sense, I can play chords, rhythm, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Get me to do any kind of chicken picking, I'm fucked. I can't. Chicken picking. <laughs> um, we are really talking from the sale right now. <laughs> or shall I say, a lead line? I cannot. Um, I can play the bass in the key of G and uh, keys a little bit. Okay. That's about it. And but you like when you're when you're sitting down and writing a piece of music, do you kind of gravitate towards that guitar? Is that the first yeah. thing you grab? It's, it's like the most thing you're comfortable at, but probably the thing that you can produce those feelings in, yeah. you know. Okay. I started writing on piano and I got to a point where just the way that I played piano, it only ever sounded like a Sarah Barella song. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, I can't keep writing these, like, Ingrid. Well, I love Ingrid Michaelson, but, like, I can't keep writing these, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, you know. Not you know again. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's how I started playing guitar because I was like, I need to feel something different and play something that feels different than that yeah so, absolutely yeah that's, <laughs> yeah jordan got kicked off the drums uh because, <laughs> because he wasn't good enough <laughs> even though he gravitates towards him i told this story what? last episode that um my first time playing in front of a big group of people like i i grew up playing drums in church and uh, my dad was the usual drummer and uh he had to work <laughs> that sunday morning 
And the piano oh, no. player, who's like this professionally trained, been playing for 45 years guy, you know, he sees my dad walk in and he immediately stops the song, kicks me off the kit so he can come back on because on I was stage. doing way too much. <laughs> I was going... <laughs> I wasn't playing the music. I was just having the a church, ridiculous drum solo. The church is kind of ruthless like that. They're like, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> I will say it was a good kick in the butt every every once in a while. You need one of those. And uh, it had me very self-conscious about like the oh, next time no. I went up there. But it, it was the best thing that could have happened at that point in time. Because Dude. I was way too cute just trying to fill in any time I could. Like, no empty space whatsoever. Like, oh, man. That's where like, you learn, though. The Lord is going to love this. <laughs> it's just like nine Tom fills over and over and over. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever bombed, Abby? Have you ever been on stage and been like, oh, God, this is God, the most whoa. awful? Um, okay. I've never bombed, but I do have. This is my, this is my like, embarrassing stage story thus far. I got asked to sing. I played with a guy in ta- Grayson Jenkins, who's great. He's like country as country could be, and he's. I started singing with him really early on, so he's been very kind to me. So we opened this show for him. It was a sold out show, um, and he always does a John Prine song at the end of the set. <laughs> and he asked me to come up and sing Paradise with him. Grayson's from. Western from Muhlenberg County. Okay. So it's like a big, it's a big thing at the end of all of his shows. I mean, it was right. like, there was probably 270, almost 300 people at the Burrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. RIP John, John Prine, man, <laughs> this year, John 2020. Pride. And I love John Prine, but Paradise was not a song that I knew, knew very well. And I was like, listen, he was like, he wanted me to take a verse. And I was like, can I take my phone up there and just have the words pulled up? Cause I'm going to mess this up and I don't want to do that to you. So he's like, yeah, that's fine. We go up there. We start the song. He sings one verse. I'm supposed to sing the second verse. I pull up my phone and I sing the fourth verse, which is the (laughs) most important verse of Paradise. It's like, um, it's the one about how like my ashes will float down the green river. And so, so I start singing it and like on stage is like three other like Lexington music artists that were up there to sing to that all were just like looking at me. And I remember singing the first verse and Roger Combs, who's like this older guy that, um, he's amazing. He comes to all the shows. He's like a local hero. He was in the front row with his uh, phone, and I started singing the verse, and he just, I just watched him pull the phone down. He's like, well, this is ruined. And I looked at Grayson, like, right after I finished it, I was like, I'm so sorry. And he's, he rips me for it. He brings it up literally every time we're on stage. So I will never sing Paradise by John Prine ever again Never again. again. Never. Never. Oh, I, I, I know oh. we're joking about it, and you know, there, you, I'm glad you can laugh about it now. <laughs> and uh, it's a learning experience for sure. Oh, but God. did that? I mean, did that have any emotional toll on you from the next time you performed? Did it bring any anxieties into the next show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just kind of had this feeling of like, I. It's that instinct where it's like. I will never perform again. Like that was the, that was the, that was like the first thought when I got off stage 
And everybody was so cool about it and so nice. But I'm like, I, this is the one song you're not supposed to ever ruin. A, because it's John Prime. B, because it's Grayson's favorite song. C, because Roger's sitting in the front row and really cares about it. And everyone in that room knew that I sang that verse wrong. Like, <laughs> and there's video of it somewhere. She chose know. to bomb at like the most important moment. The I most important verse of the song. Oh, God. I can just imagine you like a little thought in the back of your head. God, maybe I should work on chicken picking like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should really probably just pick up the bass now. <laughs> Get out of the QG. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Thanks, yeah. That <laughs> One thing. One thing I wanted to ask about, to kind of get away from the emotional uh, aspects of writing songs, because sometimes, we, uh, we, we three know this as musicians, that sometimes you just don't have that creative, you know, inspiration to do something, to write a song or to write a new uh, guitar riff or some sort of pattern on the keys, you know. But music is the way we get our things out. And when we have frustration... For me, anyway, when I have frustration that I can't come up with anything new to play or I can't nail a song that I'm trying to learn, I'll feed that, in, that, I'll feed that frustration into getting better at a certain like pattern or something. Like I'll work on rudiments for 30 minutes just to kind of <laughs> feel some sort of accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I was, I was curious to see like when you don't really have any inspiration for a song, but you know, like, okay, I have to, I have to keep working at this. I have to get better at it. Do you just kind of mess around and just make up a random scenario and kind of <laughs> see what story elements work for that sort of song? And later yeah. down the line, when you have the inspiration for it, you can use that kind of rubric and that, that um, oh goodness, what's like, yeah, like like a form of like your the form yeah. of thinking that you you know. Yeah, bringing that like, stuff. Yeah, you can pretty much just plug and play this new inspiration you have into a new, into a ex already existing formula that you've come up with. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I am not a very disciplined person <laughs> in general. So, Preach. <laughs> um, and as you guys know, as musicians or artists, like. You, there's not a lot of compartmentalization in your life, like when you are a creative person, because every like you know, if I can't get something done in the songwriting sense, I kind of feel that sense of failure in my real life sometimes too. So that uh, always kind of creates a little bit of chaos in my brain. So yeah, what you're talking about of like the I'm gonna just build this for now to feel that sense of accomplishment i've just started implementing um so yeah i'll just like work up if i can't find the inspiration for a song i'll either work up a chord uh structure that i like or um work a melody over and over again but another thing that really helped was i'm gonna try to write a song like hank williams wrote a song like mm -hmm. i'll I, that as like a songwriting practice like I'll go, okay, I'm going to write a song like Loretta Lynn wrote a song. Like, I would never release yeah. it or play it or, you know. But it has, I think, really built this muscle um, of just different types of songwriting that I don't do naturally. Yeah. And then I think the other thing would be that I... Um... Oh, I just blinked. 
Now I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah, join the club. Join the club. Damn it, man. <laughs> um, She'll never podcast damn again. It. Like, I really should get back to base. <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, I remembered. Okay. <laughs> it's the fourth word. Um, the, now what I'm trying to do is finish the song. What I used to do was right up until the point where I felt, you know, like I'd write to the point of inspiration. And then if I tried it like four or five times and it wasn't working, I'd just shelve it and bring it back Mm -hmm. in later. Now I'm trying to force myself to finish the song, even if it sucks. Like if I can't get it all the way to where I I projected, want it to be, want it to sound like I just finish it anyways. And then when I'm in the mood (laughs) later or the feeling comes or inspiration comes, I already have like the foundation built yeah, and that has really changed my songwriting like uh, discipline and practice for the better. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's good. It's, it's always nice to be able to kind of, when you don't know exactly how you want to do something and you kind of practice, like you said, in the style of someone else. And then once you get a couple of different styles down, you can kind of mold them and mesh them together into a unique thing that hasn't been done before. And it it feels so gratifying. (laughs) Exactly. It feels feels new and it feels exciting, which then for me, where I'm so like feeling like mood, I got to feel it. That will then propel me into some inspiration. You know, if I feel like, oh, shit, this is cool. This is new. The songs will kind of start flowing. So. I guess that really is what discipline and practice is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> I mean, paired with discipline and practice, it, I mean, if you're practicing different genres or you're practicing different artists that you don't usually, like you were saying, I'm going to write a song by this person or like like this mm-hmm. person, it, you're just adding you're, you're the discipline of sitting down and seeing it through fruition. Like you said, you may not release it or anything, but you're extending yourself out of your comfort zone yes. to you know, apply this feeling that you really probably haven't really thought about or like, you know, have really dived deep into. And, you know, that's, that's where the inspiration comes later. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're playing different types of songs, you're extending yourself and reaching out for different things. And one of those things might stick. And one of those, it could be totally different from the sound that you're producing now. And it's something you never even thought of before when you were sitting down too, right? And I mean, have you ever written a song that kind of goes against the grain of what you originally like to write or anything like you know like i couldn't imagine you releasing a funk song that sounds like james brown you know but i mean is there moments in there where you know have you have you done that yeah right (laughs) it just ain't right i put out like an entire funk album everybody's like what i would love it please do it i I I think i would too um yeah definitely i feel like i'm not i mean I'm not trying to be a country artist. I'm trying to just be an artist and that there's always room for change and growth. And I, um, yeah, I, the, the record that we're making right now is like so different from anything I've ever made sonically. Like there's a lot of electric drums. There's a lot of, um, a lot of synth, a lot of like outside sound and backtrack, Mm -hmm. like really cool. cool shit that really came from, you know, my relationship with my producer and us just sitting in, in the studio, just me holding down the Korg and being like, can we, and then, can can we use that? And then we double, you know, like, yeah. So that's kind of the journey that I've been on now. Cause I wrote all these songs really as Americana kind of heartland songs and they've turned into 
more of like the rock pop anthem with yeah. the country twang thing and i'm really excited about that yeah because i feel like that'll open the door for that's things awesome. to change as they go on yeah. oh yeah that's i can only preach about diversity in music with especially coming from top down rainbow snake show we yeah. released uh, a rap album we released yes. like a really sad sing-songy and then we released a uh, kind of like a more like punk rock kind of sound. so we yeah. we when we released it we're not rappers we're i mean i shouldn't say we're not rappers because we released a rap album i'm just saying we're not good rappers <laughs> uh, but you know the, it was it it's not necessarily like we think we're great we think we're good yeah but we you know we re, we extended ourselves out of our comfort zone to make a music and it, it's i don't know it's uh, you know with all these different types of diversity in our music it's formed overall it's formed this coherent sound that we are now producing so all our new music is it's kind of geared towards one sound but it takes the experimenting and it takes like stepping out of your comfort zones to really you know like be able to formulate those because i wouldn't have been introduced um like what we're doing now we have a song that's coming out on uh december 31st and it's it was inspired through the funk the rap and the uh, the punk rock stuff and it's all kind of combined where i'm on the natural keys but we use electric drums nice. and then uh bailey our powerhouse vocalist she's awesome um has like this rock kind of sound to her but and it's like meshed with this electronic drum kit sound so it, it kind of yeah. juxtaposes a little bit but it, it, we found these sounds that work together and it's nice. hopefully we can bring in you know, someone from over on the right and someone over on the left, and then they can both like it, you know, when it comes to like what genre of music they like. And yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I guess with, with your music and the way you connect with audience, do you, do you find di- the diversity um, or do you like, do you, do the people listening, do you think that they have a good diversity of music or do you, are you only attracting um, per se country and folk artists? You know, and have you any gotten any feedback about, oh, there's a whole collaboration of uh, people that, like, you know, I'm just going to paint a picture like that, like rap, but really like your music, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah. a way for, you know, have you ever experimented with collabing with people outside the genre and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. I think um, there's definitely a really strong country scene in Lexington, and that's really what I feel like I've come up in, um, which is a strong community. Um, but I've I've felt a lot of crossover into kind of the rock and the punk rock world, at least in Lexington, and feel like I've built a lot of relationships there and friendships and bands that I like. I love all types of music. Um, it I'd be pretty hard pressed to find maybe a genre I don't like. So maybe that's a good, mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll be, let me do research on that and make sure that's true. But I um. I don't know. I feel like I, I'm trying to write songs that are just anthemic and unifying. And I I hope that people um, across the board resonate with that. I feel like most people do. I'm not trying to be like um, the most liked person in the world, but I, I am trying to unify an audience. So I hope that my audience has diverse taste and yeah. I hope that yeah. they like what I do, um, and would put me in a, you know, category that, yeah, I guess that's of more things of a, they like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know. A more of a question for the audience member than it is yeah, you. Let's I take guess. a poll. <laughs> yeah, like we can take a poll. How do you guys feel about Abby? <laughs> I, love I love that. Talking to like, talking to the therapeutic sense of that though, I love that you said, um, 
you know, I don't see myself as a country artist. I see myself as an artist. I think sometimes we as musicians or you don't even really have to be a musician. We as people who are looking towards music as a way to really get to know our feelings and express them is that for some reason we put ourselves in these little boxes that, mm-hmm. okay, like I know it, like I'm a funk drummer. So I'm, I can only play funky drums. That is it. Funky drums. Funky drums. If it ain't funky, it ain't me. And so, <laughs> but when you kind of take a step back and be like, you know what? I love this particular song and this is freaking Zydeco music. <laughs> also a genre you might hate, but. Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that one. <laughs> But when you find little things that you like about it, and then you kind of expand how you can, because I've never, like, I'll, I played along to a Zydeco song once or twice. I was like, this is nothing I've ever experimented with before, but I like it. And so I'm <laughs> able to kind of kind of expand into a new direction, not completely, but just overarching, expand my, expand my horizons of music and, like... <laughs> Be able to grab little things I like of each. And going back to what we said earlier, kind of bring that back into our own unique style of playing or songwriting or just experimenting with all these different genres and types of music. It's, I don't know, it, it really builds upon yourself. And you, for me, I feel so much better whenever <laughs> I'll, I'll have like a playlist that goes from hip hop to funk to rock, yeah. to country, and just be able to play all these things. Like, it's really totally. diverse set. It's <laughs> totally. like a We Are The World movement we like in a playlist. Right. <laughs> you two knocked on my door the other day. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> oh you're gonna God. love this. And, like, oh you're gonna God. love this. <laughs> oh, man. But it's just so invigorating and so just self self-assuring that like oh damn i don't have to be this one particular type of person right like i can you know try my hat at these other things and if i'm good at it great if not hey i knock a few things off the list yeah totally (laughs) which i feel like is just like a human experience like you don't you whether you're an artist or not like i just you want to accept yourself for who you are and love yourself. And if you feel one way one day and the other, the other, like you need to respect that as a good part of who you are and not just label that as inconsistency. And I think like, cause that's dumb. And I feel like, yeah. And, and, uh, and music especially, it would be really, I feel like kind of a disservice to, myself and where I could go if I was just like I'm only gonna make country records four on the floor one bass guitar and one electric for the rest of my life why would I do that like that's so dumb yeah that's yeah you don't want to shut yourself off (laughs) because music is that thing that allows you to be this huge person you know it allows you to be bigger than you are allows you to you know feel like accept those feelings that you're having um, exactly yeah. and uh kind of the last thing I, you know to end this off i i we asked john the same question um and i think it's a great question to ask you know in the topic of music therapy if you weren't where you are today if you didn't have the love and support of your fans and your and you know the people in your life that help you play music and stuff if you, you worked your day job and went home and didn't have music as a career would you still play music as an outlet for your, you know, to, as a form of expression for yourself? Totally. Yeah. I think, um, I've gone through little spells in my life. Um, 
where I've, you know, in the building a hopeful music career, you work a lot of crazy jobs. Um, and you don't make that much money. So you're under a lot of stress and I've gone through months where I just didn't touch my guitar. I was like, I just got to make money and then play, play the gig on Friday and then, um, whatever that process looked like. And, uh, (laughs) it made me really depressed and an irritated person. And I learned in that, that I, this is the, the thing for me. It's the thing that fills me up and makes me happy and makes me feel understood by the world and gives me purpose. So I feel like I definitely would be making music if it wasn't a career. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We love Love that. Thank you so much. I I can't even stress how thankful we are for you to be here and talk to us today. Thanks for having me. This Uh, is so great. Uh, Feel free. Tell everybody what you're working on. Tell people how to find you. Uh, (laughs) Say what you need. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, We put out an EP in uh, June. It's called Afraid of the Dark. It's on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Bandcamp. You can find it on there. And then... uh, I'm on Instagram, Abby E. Hamilton. That's about mm-hmm. it. All cool. right. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. You can find <laughs> us at Almost Cool Pod, and you can follow Jordan at Jordan Hooter underscore, and you can follow me at Creation underscore of Martin. Please write into the show if you had any comments, questions, concerns, or you just want to vent. You know what? We want to know what music has done for you <laughs> as well. So please write in and comment at almostcoolpod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, because we would love to hear from you. And like, you know, if you have any. Uh, you know, if you want to hear us elaborate on anything, you know, um, we preach that this is just a door, uh, you know, to open the door to conversations. So we want to hear from you. It's been really wild, all the different people writing into us and just commenting on what we're doing. And (laughs) it's been so much fun. I can't tell you, like, I've had countless conversations already with just random people I've never met. And we're just shooting the shit and having a good time. Like, it's, it really means a lot to us. And I really do appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. Um, And we'll see you guys next week for another week of Almost Cool. Awesome. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Abby. (laughs)